to Liz, the podcast for the bookish, the queer, and the grossly ostentatious. I'm Julie Jester, the chaotic bisexual horse known on TikTok as plant-based bird girl, and now a stay-at-home mom to my older sister, Harold, and chaotic son, Sparky. And I'm Ellie Broody. I'm a journalist covering the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm kind of bummed right now because my mom was just in town to visit for a few days. It was so much fun. We had a literal ball. But she just left, so I'm kind of feeling a little in the blues. But I know Julie is going to turn that around for me. Well, now I'm also Ellie's stay-at-home mom, so add that to the list. (laughs) Uh, This episode is for lovers of flower crowns, living authentically, and celebrating Black History Month. So let's get started. Ooh, I'm so excited for this one. I am very excited as well. I was going to have you start by having you guess what I'm talking about, but I told you four minutes ago, so... Um, today we are talking about the life and times of Miss Marsha P. Johnson. Ellie, how much Queen. how much do you know about her? I mean, so much. I was a Brilliant. woman and gender studies major, so she's kind of like she like learning about Marsha P. Johnson as a woman and gender studies major is like learning about like George Washington as like a first trader. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's like you know it. But I still I still want to hear all of it Absolutely. from your perspective. Absolutely. And if you have stuff to add, um, please okay, yeah. please hop on in or anything from your women and gender study times. But before I get started on that, um, really quickly, I just wanted to give some shout outs to um, a couple of my favorite TikTokers who are black. Um, black creators black history month ya ya yeet um so the first is a a a trans black woman named viandre um her username is at viandre she's a trans girly she does like makeup she does dolls and stuff like that like she's just wait like american girl dolls more like brats dolls and barbie dolls work i'm there for that too but she is so fashionable and so cute she's just really fun and she does like lip sync videos and she's just got the best energy she's like a mega influencer she has 6.4 million followers so if you haven't heard of her she's really cool um then there is another favorite of mine sativa diva have you followed sativa diva no. She's so good. Okay, so Sativa Diva, um, use, oh, sorry. Yeah, as you're talking, I'm gonna look her up. Sativa Continue. Diva, I'm so sorry. Sativa Diva uses only they, them. It used to be she, they. It is they now. Okay. Sativa Diva, they're great. Um, fashion moment. Clown fashion thrift glamour, number one. But number two, they're most famous for their series, Baked Takes, which is where they will get super baked and then evaluate things like the characters of Zootopia based on if I would allow them to do my taxes or like Fun. the characters of how I met your mother based on if I would kick their ass or not. Like it's like the, just two randomly unhinged things and their opinions on them. And it's always so funny. Amazing. Um, then there's at Sunny MF money. Um, his name on the app is just Astro Daddy, so I don't know his actual name. Uh, but okay. I learn a lot about astrology from him. He's super cool. Then there is I am Paula Fontana. Paula Fontana is only at 98.3k. Like she's not a huge influencer yet, but I think she should be. Her voice okay, is like that's honey. a lot for someone that has well, <laughs> 600. So let's take a seat for a second. Well, <laughs> that's a lot of followers. <laughs> I meant in terms of like macro influencing, I guess. I don't Whatever. know. Whatever. I'm micro micro. It's very uh, in it's, right now. It's yeah, it's very hot. Well, minimalism, you know. Um 
Paula Fontana, uh, she has a voice like honey. She talks like poetry and she makes you feel exactly like you are where you need to be right now. She is encouraging. If if you need like an almighty and loving matriarch presence, go follow her. I listen to her TikToks and I'm just like, I am okay. Um, oh, good. And then there is uh, one of my mutuals, Big Mike underscore 675, also known as the Quad Father. Uh, he has 3.8 million followers and he is so funny. He sometimes dresses up in a maid outfit. He like slaps his giant thunder thighs and it's the most incredible thing ever. Anyway, those are all some of my favorites. Um, just, just, just was thinking about them as I was thinking about Black History Month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get into Marsha P. Johnson, the trans Woo! pride icon. Um, so she described herself as a gay person, a drag queen, and a transvestite, but note that transvestite is an antiquated and offensive term these days. It infers sort of a straight man dressing up for sexual pleasure and not someone living in their true gender expression. Um, but the word transgender was not really a term in her lifetime. If it was, it was not commonly known. And she was kind of at the forefront of the movement. So we would think that she wouldn't have known it if it was a thing. She would know what's um, up. Yeah, she would know what's up. But uh, that was how she self-described, even though with the way that she lived her life, it is believed that she like would have fully identified as transgender if that was sort of an option today. So our girl, Marsha, was born August 24th, 1945. She's a Virgo, probably with some Leo in her chart, because I was born right around then, too. She's in my family. I'm obsessed. Uh, <laughs> she's got, I wrote, she's got that August Riz. Who am I? I've been on too much TikTok. Um, she was one of seven children in a religious family in New Jersey. She was assigned fe- she was assigned male at birth um, and gets dead named in her own Wikipedia article. And it doesn't say just, like, born under the name blank. It says also known as blank. And I'm like, no one knew her as that. And yeah. I looked up I looked up another trans icon in comparison. I looked up Elliot Page's Wikipedia. And it does have his dead name. It says formerly known as Ellen Page. But that's a lot more different than also known as. Also instead known of, like, as. formerly yeah. known as. Much to right. think about. And also, not to mention that, like... Marsha P. Johnson, like, is famous in large part because of her trans activism, you know? Yeah. It's like, she wasn't, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's like taking away a huge part of her identity by being like, also dead names. Like, no, no one knew her as that. No. Like, they, I, I don't even know her dead name. Like, yeah. I, she's Marsha P. Johnson. Like, yeah, like, uh, yeah. So I done, was, I was confused yeah. by that. I was like, hello. Yeah. Um, so in her childhood, in Marsha's childhood, she enjoyed wearing clothing made for girls, uh, but her conservative Christian family were not huge fans of this, as you could imagine, often reprimanding her for it. Um, but she continued to wear girls' clothes until uh, at one point she was sexually assaulted by a boy in her formative years. And then uh, she stopped wearing the feminine clothes that she felt most comfortable in for a while. She bounces back, as we know, but it's just one of those commonly terrible things that happens, uh, especially to trans kids. Also, I should have given a warning before this. If you don't know the life of Marsha P. Johnson, there is a lot of beauty in it, but there is also a lot of violence against trans people. So um, if you're not in the zone for that right now, feel free to not listen to this. But at the same time, Marsha P. Johnson is an icon and her story deserves to be known and told. So. Um, be brave, take what you can, but also don't put yourself anywhere in a situation that you don't want to. Right. Yeah. Take care. 
So Marsha was still close with her family, uh, however, at least in her more formative years. And she often brought like displaced friends home to stay with her and her loved ones at the holidays. Like as a kid, she is a natural born giver. Um, she had a stint in the military, but not much is known, or I guess the Navy, but not much is known about that time. And then at 17 years old, she arrives to New York after graduating high school. Um, that's where Ellie and I are right now. She has only, because <laughs> we're the most important part of this story, not by a long shot, um, with only $15 in her pocket and a bag of clothes. Like, holy shit. Could you imagine... Like, I guess, like, no, she, no, no, $15 in no. a bag of clothes and you're in the streets of New York City and it's the 1950s. Absolutely not. I'd be, like, shitting myself every single second. Um, so this is where she started to dress in women's clothes pretty much all the time. Um, I, I didn't see any mentions of her life in which she didn't wear women's clothes, but maybe there was for survival here and there. And right. she took up the name Marsha P. Johnson. Now, Ellie, I bet you know you know what the P stands for? Because I think this is iconic. I do, but I want you to say it. Ah, I, uh, this is so good. I only learned this yesterday, and I told it to my sister, and she was dying. The P in Marsha P. Johnson stands for pay it no mind. Pay it no mind. Pay Bam. it no mind. Ba-bam. Because that was her. I love that it's so much. Oh, so good. Um, that was her response when people asked her about her gender. Pay it no mind. So pay she no is Marsha Pay it no mind Johnson, and that Ugh. is just so sickening so dope yeah um and i mean that in the drag term of sickening not bad sickening sickening like Um, sickening it's like sickening like slay um while marcia so marcia found a beautiful and growing lgbtq community sort of in greenwich village to be a part of but uh homosexual acts and everything were were still very illegal at this time For example, cross-dressing and dancing with someone of the same sex were cause for arrest. And we've talked about this before. But, like, can you imagine? Like, even now, lots of straight girlies be dancing with other straight girlies at the club. But you could be arrested for doing that. You'd have to be like, we're just just gal pals. We're just gals being pals. And even then, it's not not good. Not good. Petty crimes and misdemeanor. At it again with their crazy-ass same-sex dancing. Yes. Um, True. So, as you can imagine, uh, being a black trans woman in the 1950s, it was hard for Marsha to find work. It is 2023 right now, 70 years later, and it is still hard for black trans women to find work. Um, The fastest way for her to get money was for her to, quote, hustle. Hustle at this time meant being a sex worker. Um, But this really made me think about 2015 side hustle culture. And, like, everyone being, like, hustle this, hustle that, side hustle, side hustle, side hustle. Like, is that kind of demeaning to sex workers? Or at least the root of the word hustle for sex workers? Who, for them, hustling meant, like, putting themselves in some insanely dangerous situations. And, like, often hurting themselves and their emotional well-being to live. Like, I know the word has changed over time, but I just, you know? Yeah, no, I know. I see what you're saying. I... I don't know if, like, I don't think it has that connotation as much anymore. So, like, 
It's yeah. probably fine, but also who knows? Everything these days is usually offensive to someone. So yeah. it's just best to err on the side of just let's just be uber, uber respectful because we don't want to accidentally hurt someone's feelings or make someone feel unwelcome or unsafe. And so that, now that I know that, I won't say hustle anymore. <laughs> well, that is why I only make weird noises when I communicate because <laughs> no one's ever said those words. And if they exactly. have, whoops. But yeah, full respect to um, sex workers but there is a huge difference between a sex worker who can mentally and emotionally handle that kind of work and ones who are forced into it out of um, desperation and poverty, which isn't to say those two things aren't mutually exclusive, but um, I digress. Marsha becomes a sex worker and she is 17 years old um, and she is put in some insanely dangerous situations like being alone in hotel rooms and cars and often like violent strangers who would hold all of the power in this situation would do things like put a gun to her head um, during these sexual acts. She was even shot once, which. Oh, my God. But through all of this hardship, Marsha is just still like being such a genuine, authentic, and beautiful human being, it's kind of insane. It's almost impossible. Like, even with the clothes she finds in the street and at thrift stores, she dresses beautifully, vibrantly, and she often wears fresh flower crowns in her hair. It's like one of her iconic things. So as this time, at this time, she's living in the streets, she's sleeping in movie theaters, restaurants, um, hotel rooms after sex work, uh, sometimes friends' couches. Again, she's 17. Um, shortly shortly after moving to New York and starting to live this life, she meets 11-year-old Sylvia Rivera, who she takes under her wing. Sylvia Rivera is another trans girl. She's Puerto Rican, and she was also homeless. So we have a 17-year-old taking care of an 11-year-old here uh, and doing such kind and wonderful things, like teaching her how to apply makeup, um, just like the ins and out of living on the streets and how to embrace her identity and like be proud of it. Which considering that by the end of Marsha's life, she was arrested over a hundred times to like even to, to like get be so pushed down by the world and a system and to still preach to a younger person in your life that like you are beautiful exactly as you are like that. I just I, I sit here. Yeah. Mouth agape at Marsha P. Johnson. Yes. So this is Marsha and Sylvia's life for around seven years after she landed in New York. This is kind of their this is kind of their thing. She's in her community. She's she's hustling. She's um, she's with Sylvia until 1969. Specifically, June 28th, 1969, the Stonewall Riots. She is now 24 and little Sylvia is 18. Um, it's deep in the night at the local gay bars when the police officers come in to raid them, you know, with the basis of discriminatory laws and the general homophobia that is living rancidly through the country. Um, but as we know, the patrons iconically fought back. And it is chaotic, as you can imagine, at Stonewall. There's a lot of stories that circulate around what really happened and, and who did it and how it started. Um, it, but it is clear that Marsha was, was here on the front lines of this battle. There's one story that says that she started the riots by like throwing a shot glass at a mirror. There's another one that says she started the riots by um, climbing a lamppost and dropping a heavy purse onto a police car windshield and shattering it. But then I think there's also an interview or something, not an interview, but there was a quote from her also saying she didn't, 
show up until after the riot has started. So nobody really knows exactly how the Stonewall, I feel like there's a lot of speculation and different gay icons who it's like, they threw the first brick, they did the thing, they did the this. But Marsha was there, and she was a big part of it. Um, And she goes on, she goes on to do even more for it. But yeah, in all of these stories, at least, Marsha is breaking glass and taking names. Uh, She's quoted as saying, Darling, I want my gay rights now. I think it's about time the gay brothers and sisters got their rights, especially the women. So, at the Stonewall riots, the trans women were noted as fighting, like, especially hard. Because they experienced the absolute worst of the anti-queer mentality. Like, for example, two cis-gay lovers can go on chameleoning themselves as straight people in public, which sucks. Like, nobody wants to have to hide their identity, who they love, how they love. But, like, it's a pos- it was a possibility out of necessity. If you were publicly trans, you did not have that option because at that time, there wasn't inclusive clothing sizes, there wasn't hormone treatments, there wasn't gender-affirming surgeries, and even if they were, uh, to this day, trans people spend years saving money for those things, even if that, so that they would, you know, they wouldn't have much luck obtaining those with only... Uh, only options being low-paying and highly dangerous sex work. So when you think of Stonewall, don't just think of gay men. Think of trans women. Stonewall shook the LGBT community in New York. Um, The number of sit-ins, rallies, LGBTQ meetings uh, started to rapidly increase, as did their attendance. And of course, our girl Marsha was involved. So in 1970, it's like a year after, it's a year post the wake of the Stonewall riots. And Sylvia comes to Marsha with an idea and is like, OMG, Goral, what if we made an LGBTQ or LGBT safe house specifically to give homeless trans folks a home? So she and Marsha eventually formed the Street Transvestite Activist Revolutionaries, also known as STAR. Remember, at this time, transvestite is not an antiquated term. So the first STAR house was in the back of an abandoned truck in Greenwich Village. 24 people. Wait, Julie, Julie, it's it's Greenwich, not Greenwich. (laughs) It's Greenwich. Not Greenwich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> welcome Silly to girl. welcome to Julie is dyslexic and new here. <laughs> Julie, having a good time. All right, in Greenwich Village. So it's at the back of an abandoned truck in Greenwich Village. Twenty four people call this truck home. I don't know what kind of truck it was, but I can't imagine twenty four people living in any normal sized truck. Right? No. That'd be, yeah. Wild. 24 people call this truck home, and Sylvia and Marsha hustled every night to get breakfast for the community they built. They went out and had dangerous sex with dangerous strangers to feed their community. Like, that is sainthood. Like, like, my God. Yeah, good God. So in Greenwich Village, uh, she is actually known as Saint Marcia among some of the community, uh, and she is admired mm. not just not just for giving clothes and food to people while she had like very little herself, but also for living truly authentically. People really admired her for that. Um, and also on the aspect of sex work, let's not forget that Sylvia is around nineteen at this time. 
And Marsha, wow. Marsha has been doing this since she was 17. So she's now eight years deep into sex work. And I can only imagine that Sylvia didn't didn't just get started at 19. Like she came right. to New York and was homeless since she was 11. You can only you can only infer how much went on between those times. Um, so one morning, Marsha and Sylvia come home to find the star truck driving away. The truck was not actually abandoned. Its owner came back and folks were jumping out of it as it was moving. So Marsha and Sylvia find a dilapidated apartment uh, building to rent. There's no electricity or running water. But then again, there was also none in the truck. So, I mean, at least they had like four walls and a roof. But they they fixed it up. And they, to the best of their ability, and they paid rent for eight months until they were evicted. Um, but at this point, even without a homestead, um, the effects of Star touched deeply the queer hearts and lives of the community. It was a safe haven of people to call home for those who never had a loving family, for those who were rejected by every other person that came across, um, that they came across because of their gender preference. So the gay rights movement is starting to actually become increasingly cis, white, rich, and male, as does right. everything, unfortunately. But Star remained vocal about including gender non-conforming people in the movement. And I feel like we can still see the effects of the gay rights movement becoming more male. Like the original, the original rainbow flag is often so presently just associated with men loving men. And like yeah. a, as a kid, I really thought men love men was the only type of gay there was for a while like i just i think it's so it's it's so upsetting to see how even in something so divergent and open as like queer rights and trans rights and gay rights it still gets so focused on cis males like uh just patriarchy you know what i mean yeah no sorry also if i'm not responding it's because i can't quite hear you but <laughs> what i from what i understand is you're like it's annoying when when cis white men ruin everything yeah. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah. that is if that is your thought then i agree <laughs> yes so Marsha was there though as was her trans family and they were fighting like hell to be included and at one point the pride parade asked star uh not to come but they came anyway because what the fuck but I just, I think it speaks to the way that making someone the other is how you survive in the society we've built. Like, gay men, whether they actually liked gender non-conforming people or not, knew that there was, that the greater straight cis community would maybe bend for two men being involved, but never for what they viewed as a man attempting being a woman. Right. So, they're getting exclusive. Uh, it's messy. We don't like that. We don't like that. But Marsha's life continues in this fashion, being an activist, community mother, and sex worker, being a saint and a badass. She's such a queen, and she's like such a mother to the LGBTQ plus community. Just she's she is yeah, yes. matriarch vibes. Matriarch woman of the moment, woman of the hour, woman of the year, woman of the century, the decade. Uh, she is even all of the things she is photographed by Andy Warhol at one point. Um, and then when she went with friends to see the photo on display at a store, uh, the store owner threw them out for being gay. <laughs> and like, 
<laughs> when she is the person on display at this store. So in 1990, uh, Marsha contracted AIDS, and she is open and public about this, hoping that people do not fear those who've contracted the disease. And then in 1992, her body is found floating in the Hudson River. The police, uh, the police ruled it as suicide because the police don't give a shit about black and trans folk, but no one in the community believed that. After all that Marsha went through, after all the vibrance that she brought into the world, no one believed that she wouldn't stay fighting for the rest of her life. Like, she was protecting so many people. She was helping so many people. So her community believes it was an attack, um, a murder for being trans. The LGBT community was livid with the police for not investigating. This is in 1992. In 2012, police finally reopen the Marsha P. Johnson case and say, well, maybe it wasn't suicide. But it's 20 years after after it happened and they didn't investigate it. So, like, what leads are they going to have? What how are they going right. to solve this? How are they going to pay their respects? It's it's like super. It's just it's putting Icky. a bandaid over. I don't know. A, a waterfall. <laughs> like, it's like it's putting a band-aid over a severed leg. Yeah, exactly. They're like, whoops. So, but uh, at Marsha's funeral, the church overflowed with people. Hundreds of people came to pay their respects, celebrate her life, and mourn her passing. In 2019, New York announced they would erect, erect a statue of Marsha and Sylvia. Um, in February 2020, a Brooklyn waterfront was named the Marsha P. Johnson State Park in her honor. However, in 20... 20- yes, it's beautiful. She's gorge. In 2021, people got impatient for the monument because it still hadn't been built. And members of the community took it into their own hands to get a monument dedicated to Marsha erected. Like, the state has not made one for Marsha yet, other than, like, naming Brooklyn the Brooklyn waterfront, the Marsha P. Johnson State Park. They did not make the statue they said they were going to make in 2019. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's not surprising, but I live super close to that park and I go there all the time. It's yeah. so nice. But so, so the, uh, the community activists made a bust of Marsha Pay It No Mind Johnson and it now watches over the community nearby Stonewall uh, thanks to the activist Eli Ehrlich, I think that's how you say his name, and sculptor, sculptor Jesse Pelota. Um, and what I think is so beautiful is people often come to her statue and put fresh flowers on the crown of mm. her hair. So it's like she's just continuing living and breathing um, in the in the community that she worked so hard to build. Um, so then here is here's what I want to here's how I want to wrap this up. This is what I take away from Marsha. One flower crowns are always in. And two. There are no memorials dedicated to the men who hurt her, the police who ignored her death, and the exclusive gay folk who of Stonewall didn't want to include her. But even 30 years after Marsha's death, the next generation of the community she built is so impassioned about honoring her that they couldn't wait for the city to make a statue for them and took it into their own hands to make one. Marsha P. Johnson is a legend, and those who fought against her remain on the wrong side of history. So we have to ask ourselves, are we being truly inclusive, and is ours the queer community that Marsha envisioned? 
And that is a great question. And we can constantly be striving towards Marsha's ideal every day. WW. M P J D D D. <laughs> oh, Queen, I loved that, and you covered it really well. I Thank have nothing, you. I have nothing to add. It was all gorgeous, beautiful, no notes, beautiful, amazing. I'm I'm touched, and Marsha would be too. I'm sure. I am so glad. Um, I just I I was sitting here losing my mind learning about her. Like I knew. I knew her name and I knew she was a, an icon of the queer community that we had a lot to thank for, but I never really read her story. And sitting here reading it, I was like, holy motherfucking cow. Yeah, she is truly an American hero that everyone should know about. And it is kind of crazy that like she isn't as well known as like Benjamin Franklin or yeah. <laughs> Meryl Streep. <laughs> yeah. I like how those are the two. Yeah. I'm like, American heroes, Benjamin Franklin and Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong in in um, some ways. But she should be. She should be. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Well, that was lovely. Thanks. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good. It was. A, it was. It was. It was a nice share. It was a nice share. Well, are you Sonny ready to share? S- uh, so- oh, funny <laughs> S- 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 share. Oh. Snap out of it. Uh, snap out of it. Snap out of it. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, Um, we digress. Um, Well, do you want to do our little sign-off early? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, uh, um, I'm Julie Jester. This has been Liz Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, folks, being a good person is a state of mind. And I'm Ellie Rudy, and I hope all of you listening strive every day to live your queer legacy that Marsha P. Johnson would be proud of. Yeah. Word. Word. Bye. Bye.